Hello, our podcast is about staying connected with the people of our communities, their families, businesses, special events, and personal life issues. This is Bethany and Dr. Sarah with Staying Connected in the Wiregrass. This is episode 12. Hi, Dr. Sarah. How are you? Hello there. I am doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. Can't complain. And last episode, on our episode 11, we spoke with your daughter, Portia, because she is a stay-at-home mom and school teacher. She kind of does it all. And she kind of gave us, like, hint, like, pointers about homeschooling, because now a whole bunch of parents are kind of in that same boat. And we have another guest today who was kind of thrown into homeschooling, and we wanted to know all about the situation, how you're dealing with it. So our guest today is Jeannie. Hi, Jeannie. Well, hey, Bethany (laughs) and Dr. Sarah. (laughs) Hello there, Jeannie. We're so glad that you were able to join us today. We're so excited about the information that you're going to be sharing with us and sharing with other moms to just kind of help this homeschooling experience for them a little bit more successful if possible. Oh my goodness. Yeah, we're going to have fun talking about this today. <laughs> That's for sure. So, Jeannie, kind of take us back to August when you realized that your kids were going to have to be homeschooling and what was kind of going through your mind back then? Well, the situation is I have a, a fifth grader, a fourth grader, and a two year old. And my father-in-law has, you know, very poor health, and my mother-in-law helps me a lot with the children as I work. I have to work full-time, both my husband and I do, so we have great family support with my in-laws. And so my mother-in-law told me, you know, I don't want them going to school because of COVID. I don't want them coming, you know, going to school, getting the germs, bringing them back into the house for, you know, my father-in-law, who's already um, immune compromised. And so we made the decision at that point to run around. And, of course, it was last minute. The superintendent for our school was really pushing to get it started that Friday. And the school was given notifications through Facebook, which I wasn't in their group, evidently. So I had no idea that I was supposed to have this form turned in. And so it was just utter chaos there at the beginning. There was, it was like, oh my gosh, we've got to get this form turned in now. And, you know, I'm begging them. I'm like, please let them, let them do the virtual learning. This is going to be our only option this year because of COVID. So that's kind of how that started. And so we got them enrolled and then... It was like the biggest confusion of anything I've ever tried to do in my life. And uh, that's why, you know, Bethany, I mentioned to you that I just sort of may not be the most positive person to speak to on this, but I think that I can definitely give a realistic idea of what's happening with it for For those of us who may not be natural-born teachers, I think we can all teach, but some of us are more gifted than others in that realm. And now, see, I love to teach my kids other things, but as far as going through lessons and and all this, it's, it's pretty stressful. So we 
we started the school situation and it's, it's using Schoology. And what I understand is that that online learning, um, you know, format there is what other people are using, other school districts. And so I thought, you know, let's start digging into it and seeing how to use this thing. And it seemed to me like so much work, so many lessons, going here to find this information, going there, it was just stressful. It doesn't even begin to scratch the surface of what doing the Schoology um, was. Just from the very setting up the passwords to setting up emails, setting up student emails. I mean, it took me a week just to get them signed up and signed in and passwords and this access code and that access code. And this four, these four teachers, y'all, I feel for them every day so much because they have so many students that they're having to offer not only not only does a teacher now have to teach class and do their normal duties, they're now having to be like IT specialists <laughs> to be able to help all these parents and kids. And then you then you go over to the internet connectivity issues where your child's trying to watch a video and there's nothing but just a swirling swirl going and going in the middle of the screen. And that's our situation because our internet where we live is horrible. And so if it rains or if it gets cloudy or the wind blows, you start having internet issues and things go down and kids aren't able to get their schoolwork done. So then you find you're behind. And so we really have found that it's been very, very stressful and hard. And uh, I think on everybody. And I can ramble on and on. Y'all cut, cut in on me, you know, whatever you need, whenever you want to say something. But it, it really has been very, very stressful on the kids and on us because of trying to submit assignments. And honestly, I think that there's something to being in a class setting for these kids where they're with their friends and they're around their peers, COVID or not. I mean, I think that it is so important for these kids to be sitting next to one another and interacting with one another and building those skills. And, um, you know, it's, it's hard. It's just a really hard situation to be in. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. Um, did you have a conversation with your children before they started virtual learning as to how uh, perhaps all of you all could, could adapt to this new style of learning? I think that we just really didn't know what to expect in order to have the conversation with them. We, we sort of were expecting that we would be able to go on a website or get um, go somewhere and easily print out lessons, read the lessons, and then take a test on the lesson. And I understand the different learning styles with different children. One of mine is ADHD um, all day long and just has a hard time in school in the normal setting. And then we have one who is a great learner. She's very enthusiastic about reading and learning, and she wants to dig into it and do it. 
so she's you know she's a she's a great student and my son just doesn't seem to enjoy school as much as so he's been putting up quite a bit of resistance in the whole situation <laughs> but you know and we've we've talked to him we didn't like i said ahead of time no we didn't have a big conversation because it really happened so fast and we yeah. didn't know what to expect. None of us did. Within a week, by that Wednesday, we started on Monday. By Wednesday, I was begging the teacher, okay, please, can we just come back? Because I can already see that this is going to be pretty big. This is going to be a lot. Yeah. I can see it now. And she was like, no. You know, we'd already signed the form and couldn't take them back for the, you know, until the mm -hmm. first nine weeks was over. Yeah. So it's been a traumatic experience for us. Well, from what I've been able to gather uh, from talking with different parents and even um, watching certain things on social media, your experience is you're not alone. It's not an isolated experience. I'm sure you know that parents all over the country are struggling. And I think as far as like the Internet part of it is that the system is just you know, really bogged down because no one, like you all didn't know this is going to happen. They were not just prepared. No one was really prepared for virtual learning, for people to be at home, you know, and on the internet as much as they are now having to run your business from home. So there is a lot of straining on the system. Now, let me ask you this too. In reference to it, and I want to say I really appreciate your honesty because mm -hmm. I think that's really what a lot of parents want to know. A lot of them really want to know that they're not alone in the struggle. And then you pointed out, too, the difference between your son and your daughter, because I think that's one of the issues, too, that parents are now having to struggle with, am I giving my child the quality of education that you want them to have? So do you feel right. by now, how many weeks has it been for you? Well, it's going on in week seven, and so we have enrolled them to go back to school. We, let's see, that's going to be October the 13th or so. It's going to be when they can go back, and we are. We're going to send them back. It, it just turned out to be too much work on two children during one day. When you look, it, it's, it's taken them four and five hours to do their yeah. schoolwork. You know, and the other day, I kid you not, there was a science test that none of us could figure out. You know, and mm -hmm. if the adults in the room can't even figure it out, we're in trouble. <laughs> and so I think that um, I, I think that I'm excited for them to go back. They're excited because of um, you know just getting to be around their friends and in that environment again, really. But no, I, I definitely don't sugarcoat it or try to make it seem like I am some perfect person that can educate my kids just as well as the teacher at school. I tell you what, these teachers are definitely going to be getting great teachers' gifts from me from here on out because I feel for these. I feel for these teachers because I send the teacher that is directing uh, the virtual learning at our school, I cannot begin to tell you how many emails and correspondences that I have sent to her through email and through text and through Schoology, you know, directly through the, the system. I have sent her so many emails of pictures of the kids' work and things like that. I can't 
even imagine how much she is having to dig through and do. It is a tremendous strain on these poor teachers. It, I just know it is. It's got to be so hard and stressful for them. I can't even imagine. So when I'm feeling really overwhelmed with it all, I stop and I think about that poor little teacher that I'm sending just email after email after email to. And, um, you know, it, it's definitely a stressful situation. To my knowledge, these teachers didn't even know, and I'm not going to mention the school, you know, because I don't want to call out that teach that school district, but, you know, they didn't even know what system they were going to use until, and, you know, one of the teachers told me this, till a week or two ahead of time. So they weren't even properly trained on how to use the system. So it's really a huge learning curve for everyone. But with the strain that it has put on uh, just our day-to-day, -day, as far as, you know, we can't forget the little two-year-old that we have in the background running around and falling and crying and needing naps and having dirty diapers and pee-pee diapers and uh, doctor's appointments for my in-laws just, the plethora of issues that arise in a day-to-day -day atmosphere, and then you throw in five hours of school for two children on two computers, trying to print, trying to complete the work and get it submitted, it, and cook dinner, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So it, it is a lot. And I admire homeschool moms that I know who've been doing this for a long time, but I also know that they dig into different curriculums and they find the things that work best for their family. Right now, we're just adapting to what the school is doing so that everybody's on the same page. And I would say if it was just us, we might not have gone with this system. However, it's what we have, so it's what we're working with. So that's mm -hmm. where we are with all of that. <laughs> Have you been able to get any support from other parents, other students that are attending the virtual learning? Have you all been able to talk and kind of give information or any form of support to one another? Yes, there's some who send emails and there's the little groups through this system. You can email with the other little students and stuff like that so the kids can correspond with one another. And then there's this little, uh, the name of it slip in my mind. It's um, a little school app, basically kind of like a Facebooky kind of thing for the class, and the name of it is Class Dojo. That's what it is. So that's a fun little way for the kids to keep up. But really, the teachers that I've been dealing with have given me the support that I've needed. So I haven't right. felt the need to really reach out to the other parents because they are being so wonderful and uh, patient with me and, you know, vice versa. We've all been very patient with one another in trying to get all of our questions answered and support. And, and she's wonderful. She comes back to me with, I know that we're all, you know, stressed and this is all hard on all of us. She's been wonderful to, uh, you know, just be supportive. So I, I have no complaint there at all. And that's, that's the thing that really helped during this season. And, and I think one of the reasons why Bethany and I wanted to cover uh, homeschooling and 
children and parents having to readjust their schedules and transition into this virtual learning because I think sometimes people are just not aware of all of the stressors, all of the things that this pandemic has really done, the impact that it has made on families. And so we just wanted to stay connected with the moms in our community, the dads that are in our community, so that they understand that they're not alone. Because sometimes, you know, you can become very overwhelmed. We talked about perfectionism, and we're going to be talking about that on our next show, because you're trying to do everything just so perfect. And then that is something that begins to stress you out and cause you to feel overwhelmed. And the next thing you know, you're snapping, you know, at the children, or you're snapping at your spouse. Oh, my or, goodness. You yeah. know, you're just feeling like they're you're not fine. good enough. <laughs> yeah. And I will tell you, I shed some serious tears, I mean, serious tears over all of this in the first few weeks, and I just had to have a conversation with my mother-in-law that, you know, it's kind of a team effort with me, my mother-in-law, my mom, we're all just, you know, teaming up here, and that's what I'm saying, to have a good support system. If I did not have the support system that I have, we would not have. The the, the kids would have zeros, okay? If it was just that, if it was just up to one person to make this happen, there's no way. I mean, it would it would be unsuccessful. But they've managed to do. We've we've managed to pull together and make it work and make it happen. But now there has been some snapping. There has been some impatience. There has been some discipline. And uh, scheduling has been one of the things that we had. We noticed in the first two weeks, we're like, okay, we have to do one hour on the math, take a break. One hour on the English, take a break. Whether you're done or not, you're taking a break. Because at school, you take a break. You don't keep working until you're done with the subject. And, and that was the thing. There was so much, such a volume of work that had to be done by the kids every day. We were two weeks behind and just trying desperately to get caught up and to get all of those uh, assignments completed. And it, it just became, a, it, we came to the point where we had to say, okay, in order for all of us to stay sane, in order for all of us to continue to love one another <laughs> in a good, happy way, let's do this. Let's, let's separate the day, and the kids will be done by 3 o'clock. They will go outside, they will play, and school is over, over for the day. And when we started implementing more of a structure to the whole thing, then that's when we started noticing the kids started getting a little bit better. So now we're rocking along pretty smooth, you know, and now mm-hmm. we're in, what, week seven. So we're, we've kind of gotten into a groove. And even my daughter this morning, she said, I don't want to, I don't think I want to go back to school. I said, honey, you are going. (laughs) You are going to school. (laughs) No events or buts about it. You're going. And, you know, we're going to get back to what our life normally is and how it fits better into, you know, just the way that we live as a family and as a group. So, I think, yeah, we we have definitely gone through some major growing pains with it and some serious talks with the kids. And the talk has been this, and if this helps anybody, then that's great. But the talk has been, listen, we are all doing the very best we can, okay? 
Right. We need to all try as hard as we can, but we need to also realize we're doing our best, okay? And whether we get it done perfectly, that doesn't matter. We're going to do our very best. We're going to try to pass the tests, and then, you know, our ultimate goal here is to get you guys to go back to school because that's, that's really what fits best, and we now know that. And But we will make it through this nine weeks alive and well and still loving each other at the end of this thing. So it's, it's had to be lots of pet talks and <laughs> encouragement for everyone. And... Um, but yeah, the, the first week, I, I, I just, I kid you not, I, it was the first week that I left it with them and then went to work and I told, I, I was about to cry just sitting there looking at the thing and trying to figure out what the assignment was and what we were doing and how to do it and how to make it print. And I remember just the stress level that rose up in my body. I mean, it was like physical stress I could feel coming up. I mean, the tension in my face and in my neck and in my shoulders and my pulse increased. I mean, just the the anxiety that I felt over this school system trying to figure it out was, was absolutely tangible, just about tangible. And so... That day, I left without crying in front of the children. As soon as I got in the car to drive up to town, I started squalling my eyes out. I called my mother-in-law. I said, listen, we're going to make it. We're going to do this. We've got this. You know, I said, if you feel yourself getting frustrated, just walk away and come back to it. And we've got this, you know, and I'm all trying to be strong for her. And here I am crying in the car. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we we did a, uh, done a big team effort and managed for me to work and all work together to make it happen. So That's beautiful because that's really what family is all about. And I think. Um, you know, Beth and I have talked a lot about family because we live away from um, some of our family members mm -hmm. and we have really appreciated our friends in these moments who have become like family. And I think it's also teaching all of us not to take things for granted. You know, sometimes parents are really tough on teachers, you know, and they feel that the teachers aren't doing you know, a quality job, but now that they're in that position of having to take on that role and that responsibility, they see, as you're saying, they're a little bit more empathetic toward uh, the teachers and what they're having to go through with several students in the classroom. And as we started off, oh my goodness, when this started, <laughs> we would just always say to and keep each other encouraged that there is something good that's going to come out of this. Mm -hmm. And so just to hear that you all are still, you're bonding, you know, you're talking through this, you're encouraging one another. And so for all of you parents that are out there, this is really how you get through it. You don't get through it by being perfect, by knowing all of the answers. You just have to take one day, one moment, one lesson at a time. And if you feel like you have to back away, just like uh, Jeannie is saying today, and Portia said on week before last, you just have to back away, let them go play, go get, take a break, and then come back. I often say regroup, reset, and then reboot. That's what I have to do. Just with life in general, not uh, homeschooling. Now, I do have an opportunity um, to homeschool my grandsons when I go and uh, sit with them. 
And so the one that's five, he's in kindergarten. Um, and I didn't know that they had a time on there. So they have to start a lesson and then they have a time to uh, finish that. And I was just going and going and going. And so my oldest grandson, his brother, he says, they call me mama. So he says, mama, his 10 minutes is up. And I said, oh, I thought he had to complete everything. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm just dragging a little poor boy along, you know, making sure he's getting his hand right. And so he's like, no, you have to give him a break. I said, oh, <laughs> so, you know, I, it's a, a, it's a Right. I'm trying to make sure I want his mom to come home and say, you know, he didn't do his work. So I'm like, finish this page, flipping this page. And he's only kindergarten. And well, he was doing it, though. I will give him that. He was doing it. <laughs> so, you know, that's what, you know, that's what makes the, the world, I think, a better place when we can share with one another and we can learn from each other experiences, the good and the bad. That's right. Jeannie, I have a question. So I know yeah. that you said you're into like week seven of the homeschooling and that you guys are kind of getting to the groove and everything. Have you noticed that the school itself is getting into the groove as well and becoming more organized? As far as, um, I don't, I haven't been going up there to the school. So as far as what's happening inside the school, I don't know. But if I had to guess, I would say that they probably are because I know that they're using the same system, Schoology. They're in the school. And the reason that they did that was because if the school got shut down due to COVID, then all the students would still be on the same page. So that was a very smart thing that they did. So everyone in the school is doing the same thing. So if I had to guess, I would say that everybody is sort of getting into a groove now. That was a really good question too, Bethany. Thank you. You do, you know, you wonder about that. If they're having to, they have to go back home again. Now, our governor, she just announced that we're still going to be on some restriction. I think they're preparing because we do have holidays coming. If there is a spike, you know, and you have to send children back home. But I would also imagine that this may be a good way to just keep school going so that children do have the flexibility of being able to learn from home and from school. I think so. I think it was smart that they did it that way. Because I will tell you, if those children in school were not doing this, and they had to close school for whatever reason for a week or two, those kids would be in a mess. They wouldn't know which way was up. So it definitely was the way to go. While it's been growing pains, I think that it was the wise decision on our school to do it that way. Yeah. Now, I'm not sure if all schools are doing it like that, but we are. So Now, did they provide you all with the, uh, the computers and printers? I had the option to get those things, but we, we have... Some of that over at my in-laws home so we went ahead and let the other people take advantage of that while we made do with what we had okay so they did have those, those things available just in case yeah they had some options yeah but i never i never checked into it but mm -hmm. i know there were mm -hmm. some things that they made available and even we got something in the mail that was offering some free Wi-Fi from one of the providers. There's been a couple of, I wish I could remember what provider that was that sent us that little thing in the mail, but yeah, we received something. We just ignored it though, because we, we had our own set up. Well, that's awesome. So um, out of this entire experience, what would you say that it has done for your family? 
I think that it has strengthened us in resiliency <laughs> and in uh, a lot of patience and showing us that we can look at this big thing that looks insurmountable, that's very frustrating and aggravating, but we can definitely think it through, be rational, and come to some solutions that help us get through it. So I, I think that's the biggest thing that we've learned. And I've learned that I am not going to be a teacher <laughs> for school. <laughs> um, that's not my calling. No, I'm going to keep to, you know, basic homework. I'm serious. I almost cried the other day when I had to subtract. It was like 30,008 minus 7,428. And I mean, I could not do it. I had to get a YouTube. I had to get YouTube. And to remind yeah. me how to do that, borrowing from the zero thing, to subtract. I'm serious. When you don't use it on a daily basis, you lose some of that yeah. stuff. And then you've got yeah, your 10-year-old going, Mom, you can't even subtract. <laughs> so, yeah. And they, now they won't let them use the calculator. Oh, no, you have to show your work. And I was like, I don't know how to show my work. Yeah, and you can tell them when you get my age, trust me, you're going to have this experience as well with your children. I remember, and it's been a long time, but when my um, children were in school, I did not like when they would send homework uh, home with them or projects that I had to help them with. And I would tell the principal, the, the they're supposed to be able to do their own work. This, I'm not, I shouldn't have to take out time to, to do all of this. I'm supposed to be the aide at home with them. And the principals would just laugh. I'm like, these science projects. And, you know, it's been years when it's been a long time. It becomes very difficult. And then you start to feel inadequate. You know, you start to oh, feel like you don't want to and that, you know, again, all of these different unwanted emotions that you find that you have them, and they've just been on reserve almost because it's situations like this that really bring out um, the best. I would say the best in us because even if it's something that you feel inadequate in, it makes you challenge yourself in that area. And although you had to go to YouTube, at least you had you had a source to go to. You didn't just leave it undone. And I think that those are the right. positive challenges that we face that make us, like you said, with your family, it makes you stronger. You know, it helps them to understand, you know, and appreciate what mom and dad and grandma, you know, what they were doing to help us to still get our education. And this will go down in history. You know, we're really creating history in these moments of what we had to do to survive this. That's right. So I think that's all the questions I have. No, you have things you got to do too, so we don't want to keep you. We have certainly, I've just enjoyed this interview. Mm -hmm. It's a, It was a little different. Uh, Bethany, you may agree than the one we had with Portia because Portia has been doing this for three years. Yeah. And she has two children that are now doing it. So her challenges are not quite the same with the exception of sometimes, you know, you just have to pull back, just that, that frustration of when they're not getting it or just how to plan your entire day. She has three sons and she's expecting her fourth. And so just trying to handle all of them, make sure you're doing the planning, like you said, submitting the assignments. 
it's a little different, like I said, because she's been doing it. But one thing she did tell me is that you do have to keep yourself motivated. But the system, because everybody else was starting to get online, that it was some days before their internet speed was fast enough for them to start submitting their lessons and stuff like that. I had an opportunity to hear both sides of the equation, and I will say that we enjoyed them both. Your children are going to uh, go back to school, and I'm sure that they're going to be able to pick up right where they left off. Mm -hmm. And she'll continue on her homeschooling journey. This is just what the world is all about. You have, you know, mothers that do things differently, but they're all still getting the job done. And that's what I appreciate about us as a people. And it's funny. It's really, really funny. I had someone a few weeks prior to deciding to do homeschooling or not. I ran across them and... This is a homeschooling family. They've homeschooled their boys forever, and they do all of the co-op and and everything that goes with homeschooling. And, uh, you know, he asked me, he said, you know, are you guys going to do the homeschool? I said, oh, my gosh, no. You know? I said, no, no. And um, he said, I I said, "Uh uh-uh, that's that's not for us. And um, he basically made me really feel like garbage and said, well, basically said that I wasn't committed enough to my children to do homeschooling. And, you know, as I I said, well, maybe, maybe it's not, maybe I'm not, you know, maybe I'm not committed enough to do homeschooling forever, you know, but as I drove away, I thought, you know, it was really a kind of a cruddy thing to make someone feel like they're not committed to their children. Of course, I'm committed to my children. And just because the homeschooling thing may not fit into our, our way of life or our way of doing things, does not make us a bad bad parent. It doesn't make me a bad mom. Or doesn't make my husband a bad husband. It just means that it doesn't necessarily fit into our way. And I think that we've got to give people room to, you know, figure out what works for them and not shame them when it, you know, when they don't do it the way that you think that it should be done. And, and I just remember saying, I'm glad I'm a fairly confident type of a person because that could have really thrown me off. And so I think we just have to be real careful and give each other a lot of patience and room to make the decisions that they think are best and then, you know, and go with it because uh, I'm definitely committed to my children. Well, yeah, also, I think sometimes we say mean things. Well, I don't like what that person said to you, Jeannie, one. And then two, a lot of people don't understand that, like you and other families were kind of just thrown into this homeschooling. You didn't really get a chance to ease into it. You didn't get a chance to prepare Mm -hmm. or anything like that. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's unfortunate because that was probably you said it was a guy that said that. Yeah, it was the father of the family. <laughs> yeah, and, and sometimes, you know, uh, men don't understand. Not saying that there are no, uh, that men do not help with their homeschooling, you know, the children's homeschool education. Um, but in some cases, you know, they're having to work. And in some cases, when it comes down to who would, you know, give up the job or take on that role, 
uh, mothers tend to be the ones, because they are at times a little bit more patient or nurturing, you know, with the children. I would say that my son-in-law, he's in and out of town a lot. His job keeps him traveling quite a bit. But when he is at home, he does help with the children with their homeschooling because my daughter is also a hairstylist, so she does um, work as well. And we pitch in together, like your family, we pitch in to help and support one another. Ever since, and my oldest son, and my youngest son, I was thinking about this today, he is 26 years old, and I've been a homemaker for 26 years. Um, well, longer than that, because my oldest daughter is 31. So I've always been a homemaker, and I remember people being mean to me, just like what you're saying. They tried to make me feel like, you know, I'm not an independent woman. I don't think for myself. You know, I could never let a man, you know, take care of me. But I'm going to tell you this. That was the best decision I ever made because I did get an opportunity to see my children grow to develop. But in all of those years, I never thought one time about homeschooling. I didn't even know at the time that homeschooling exists like that, but I would say that I'm not sure if I would have been successful, you know, at being a homeschool parent, not just because, you know, not that I wouldn't have been committed, but also because, as you said earlier in the conversation, children at times need their peers, and my children had that type of personality, especially my son. Mm -hmm. So the girls, yeah, I probably could have homeschooled them, but they wanted to play basketball, you know, with things that they wanted to get involved in that I don't know if I would have been able to manage, you know, all of that while teaching them, you know, at home. So you've made the best decision for you and your family, and I applaud you for doing what you've done so far because just like what Bethany said, you all got plunged into this not knowing, you know, what to do, how to do it, and people should be more kind, you know, especially during this time. I mean, we really, all of us are in this together, and we're all having to face challenges um, that we did not perceive or, or have the prudence to know that that was coming. And so we're all just trying to do the very best that we can in this moment. And so that's what we need to recognize. To question a parent, um, a mother's ability to love her children or to be committed could never be determined by whether or not you homeschool your children. So these are some, <laughs> angry. you know, life lessons. Yeah, well, these are just, you know, but that even, even, for, even for a person to come to you to say something like that, I think that was still just another test to let you know that you are doing the right thing um, toward yourself and toward your family and toward your children. Yeah, mm -hmm. go on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> go me. <laughs> I'm proud of That's you, Jeannie. Right. Now you can, yeah, pat yourself on the back. That's it, because you, you survived. You guys are surviving this. We're surviving this. You know, Bethany and I, we have to, like she said earlier, sometimes when we're, we come on the podcast, we're over-talking one another because we, we used to be in the studio, and now we're in separate places. But we're doing what we can the way that we can do it. We may not have the quality, you know, the studio quality of the, the sound barriers and all those things, but we didn't give up. We're still doing what we committed to doing. And that's the same thing with you and your family. 
you're not keeping them out of school. You're just now figuring out, okay, this is something that I've learned in this process. And I'm saying this to all these other moms. Don't feel guilty if at, at the end of the week that you want to send your children back to school. Do what is best I know, I for don't. your, your <laughs> You know? Yeah. Don't That's compare right. yourself. I know I don't feel guilty. <laughs> I made sure I sent that paper in on time. <laughs> <laughs> you can bet. You can bet. They received that paper. They sure did. I didn't procrastinate that away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're like planning the end of the nine week field trip for the kids like yay we're all, we all survived <laughs> hey and I know I know your little two year old is like yes I am so glad I get to have my house back to myself again <laughs> yes because she is an attention hog that one thank oh, you okay. Jeannie <laughs> alright y'all thanks it was fun Thank you for listening to Staying Connected in the Wiregrass, brought to you by the radio people.